This is Matt Greller, CEO of AIM. Welcome to the Hometown Innovations Podcast. Join us as we share ways our municipalities are positioning themselves for the future, thought-provoking interviews with state and local leaders, and more. Thanks for listening as we tell the municipal story. Welcome to this episode of AIM's Hometown Innovations Podcast. This is Chelsea Schneider, AIM Innovations Content Manager, and today I am in Rushville with Mayor Mike Pavey and the city's Director of Special Projects, Brian Sheehan, learning about tons of projects currently underway and in planning in Rushville. I wanted to start off with one of the projects that we just saw, um, City Center. So tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing in terms of moving your city hall, but also pairing it with other community development needs. City Hall is, or the city center as we call it, is kind of a, an outgrowth of an idea of the fact that if, if you saw where we were recording this, we were recording this in the basement of what appears to be a modular home. And not a very nice basement. No, not a, not a very nice basement. So obviously uh, the city felt that there was a need for an upgrade and consolidation of some of our services. And we felt like that was a perfect opportunity for us to go into the second floor of a building uh, which allowed us to be a, an incubator for a couple things that we felt that the community needed. One being a, a theater, a movie theater that showed first run movies. The other thing being higher education through Ivy Tech. And I would say to add to that, um, it really is, is a key piece of our downtown that adds to what we've already done. Uh, if, you, if you drive through Rushville, uh, we had the opportunity to do that before we started here. I think we counted 14 projects that are occurring from our river to our, our railroad, which is about a four to five block area. Um, uh, and, and this is kind of the capstone project, if, if you will. Uh, we, we had a, uh, our marquee has, has now been set, uh, and hopefully you would agree. It is a, um, it's a big monumental marquee that says, hey, things are happening in downtown Rushville. You know, Rushville is seen as a real front runner in terms of placemaking, quality of life, local community really taking those concepts and seeing projects to fruition. What was kind of the turning point, I guess, for mayors and town leaders who are listening to this podcast who want to do projects of their own? When did Rushville leaders really start embracing that concept, you know, to push the community forward? We need to start thinking about community amenities. And I'll start and then hand it over because it's it's harder to speak well of yourself uh, the, the, the other way. But um, to me, it was Riverside Park. Uh, that happened in 20, 2005. And uh, it's a concert series that we have, which was the, the brainchild of, of uh, Mayor Pavey. And, and I think for us in a small town, victories are very important. And that started out as a small victory that continues to get to be a bigger victory. Um, but it also showcased, you know, not waiting until you, you think you have a hundred percent planned. It's going with what you can, when you can. And, and I think that project really got us going, but I'll throw that to the mayor on, you know, kind of your thoughts on that being a pivotal moment. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that happened and we probably, it happened unconsciously. We probably didn't even know we were doing it. Probably when we started recognizing that the importance of, of quality of life or, or placemaking was probably when we did a we did a downtown enhancement grant and and at the same time Brian was a councilman and he was working on a project the, the Lion project 
And so what we did was, I think what we did and what we did right, I don't know that it was terribly planned, but we did it right, was we took a couple projects that were small and, and we ran with them. And when they became successful, and some one, uh, the, the Lion Project, much more successful than we anticipated, it gave us it gave us confidence, I think. It gave us momentum that the people are really responding. They do like it. And, and that allowed us to pick up the next the next project. And, and you I, might add the, the Lion Pride Project he's talking about was basically concrete lions that local people could purchase and paint. We had a goal of selling 20 of those. And I think we've now surpassed over 200. Yeah. Uh, so we had a way for people to get involved at a relatively low cost to show community pride. And I think that was... That was a big step, and like you said, the downtown enhancement grant was was very visual. Um, the wayfinding signs that we did that uh, you know there are times the mayor sees things a little further down the road than some of us, and as a council guy, I'm like, well, what are we you know what are we showing them the way to? And and his plan was bigger that you know there's going to be things we want to do, um, but that was a very very popular thing with our community was the was the wayfinding signs. Well, and another thing I think once you once you got past the the downtown. Enhancement grant we rolled into the place-based initiative, which which did add to Riverside Park, but probably a piece and and, and I'll uh, This is painful to me, but I'll compliment Brian um, Brian is a was a councilman. He had served three terms had just got elected to his fourth term and and at that point we came up with the special projects director and Brian um, became a, a, a part of the administration uh, stepped away from the council position and, and when he became special projects director, that really allowed us two things. It allowed him to, to focus his attention on this newly awarded Stellar, um, which was unbelievable because it would have been overwhelming otherwise. And then it also allowed in those gaps of time for him to, to do nothing but focus on different projects that, that did help the quality of life here in the community and to promote those things that we were doing, which otherwise would have slipped through the cracks. So like along the way, how did you kind of bring the community along to see your goals as their goals? I think the Lion Project is such a great example of bringing the community together and starting to think about public art, seeing Rushville as this cohesive, you know, neighborhood and community. What are some other ways that you brought community members together to really start supporting the vision you had? Probably, probably the thing that I think we did um, out of the, right at the beginning, and I think it was something that we have consistently stood behind is we came out and said, you know what, it's time that we we update our comprehensive plan. It, 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 I don't know how many years old it was by that time, but we realized that we wanted to have a new comprehensive plan. We wanted it to reflect the new energy that was the council at that time. So when we did um, go through the process, select a, an engineering firm to help us, mentor us through that process, um, we really we did, we dove into that process and to the point that Brian was, was in charge of social media polling and feedback. I think they said we got a record amount of, of, of input from a you know, community our size. And so we really did uh, use that as what I would consider the template or the, or the you know the blueprint to move forward and it has been something that every time we've gone to make a move uh, it combined with the stellar um, survey well the, the, the metrics pieces of, of stellar we do run those ideas through that, that filter to say does it fit our comprehensive plan 
Is it an action item from a comprehensive plan? Does it, it, does it uh, increase our assessed value? And, and once we go through all of those checks, um, we feel like it's something that's it's time to move forward and it gives us a lot of confidence to say, when the community, you know, you'll get some pushback and, and but it allows us to say, you know what, when we look at the surveys, this is what the, the, the vast majority of the community wanted us to do to move it forward. And, and I would say, you know, if there's communities out there that, that don't have a comprehensive plan or don't think they need one, um, I would I probably was in that camp at one point as a council person saying, well, we know what we're working on daily. You know, it, it, we're, we're working in a direction um, that, that we think is positive. But you haven't taken the time to put those plans in front of your community, get their feedback. And, and for us, you know, for other towns that are out there, uh, we've got a two-day-a-week newspaper. Um, that's helpful, but it's it's not what you need to be able to, to directly interact. I had, for whatever reason, um, gone through Facebook and and climbed to the max number of people that you can have uh, for a Facebook account. And and I wanted it because I wanted to be able to share positive messages. And at that time, it was just a citizen city council, Brian. Um, we were able to, to pull those uh, connections over uh, when we did a survey. And... Uh, as he said earlier, the survey, we had 1,031 surveys in a community that has 6,341 people. So it, 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 was, it was great to engage with the community. And then even better when you come out of that process, knowing that you had that many people a part of it, you went to different public hearings, you went out and met with each of the organizations. And when you come out the other side, you know that the plan you're working on is truly a community plan. Um, and, and the other big thing is a lot of grants require it. So if you don't have your updated comprehensive plan, you can't get to some of the funding that helps make some of these projects possible. And funding, right, is definitely needed in terms of all the projects that you guys have underway. Rushfields also has been really successful in terms of working with the state and partnering with the state to get grant funding, you know, not just Stellar, but other pots of funding that are available. What kind of, you know, wisdom here are on the street tips can you share to being successful in terms of getting state grants? I, I'll kind of do my, each way you'll notice the mayor and I have a different take on about everything, <laughs> but they always come together for, uh, uh, and I think that's important for, for the mayor to have someone they can trust to be able to, to kind of be doing two things at one time. Um, but when you think about um, the, the funding sources that are out there, Key to me is being able to tell your story and being excited about what you do. People want to help people succeed. Um, what we probably did in the past was show up at those agencies and say, you know, it's not fair if we saw Connorsville or, or Newcastle or, you know, one of our neighbors is getting something. We really changed our format to be, what is it that we're worried about for us? What can we get done? And taking those projects to those agencies, um, a, a few of them that I would like to highlight is, uh, the Indiana Arts Commission, um, I call them the lovely ladies of art, uh, is somebody that we met through the stellar process. We shared with them the need that we had, and we didn't know what we were doing at all when it came to art. And I think sometimes that is your uh, is your key, is they see, a, you know, there's a need. Somebody needs our help, and we're going to help deliver that. Um, I, I think another way, and I'll, I'll hand over to the mayor, is you know, the mayor basically worked with our OCA rep and figured out what are we after and, and what funding is available. And we went after that. So I'll throw it to you. And yeah, I think I think one of the the most important things that OCA taught me early on, um, my the liaison came in, we did a SWOT analysis of the community. 
and, uh, and, and one of the things that, that we came away with was don't go chasing grants. Um, get your vision and get what you want and then find if there is a grant that, that does align with, with that vision. And once you find that, look and say, what are the prerequisites to be able to qualify for that grant? And make sure you've got them all in place. If you don't have them in place, you have to realize that I'll have to wait another year because I need to get that done. Um, but that was what we did. It was a very, it was a very systematic process. Probably, maybe my strong point of, you know, well, that's not going to come in 2019. It's going to come in 2020 because we hit, we need to go back. Um, so I think that that's probably been uh, one of the big things. And I think Brian's right is. Um, you know, be honest with people. If, if somebody's talking about a program and you say, I just don't know exactly what that means or how it can be beneficial to my community, um, then that's um, that's something that, I mean, telling them gives them a little bit of insight into to where your, you know, your knowledge level is and that they can help guide you. That was the first thing we told our new liaison is um, get to know our community come in and, and at, you know, basically say, where do you guys want to get? What's your next step? And then let's sit down and talk about any programs that might align with what we're trying to do. Great. So now let's talk about even more so the projects that are going on in Rushville and the projects that are underway. If you guys could pick maybe two to three projects that you're really, really excited about or might be really exemplify the type of philosophy you have for Rushville's future, tell us a little bit about those. I think um, I would throw out the city center, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the city center to me shows sometimes you got to have strong endurance. You got to have great vision in what you're doing. You got to have collaboration, find the right partners to make a project work. And in our case, this is an old Masonic Lodge building, 20,000 square foot building that was close to being uh, demolished. And the mayor and other folks got together and came up with a scenario where what if we had City Hall upstairs? What if Ivy Tech partnered with us in a portion of this building? What if we had a movie theater in another area? And then on top of that, we had Wolf Theater, um, who's from a community uh, south of us, Greensburg, that, that came to us and said, how could we be a part? Um, to our knowledge, there's not anyone that's brought back a theater to a small town that's going to have first-run movies throughout the day. And that gets to happen because we're basically the 11th screen of Greensburg's 10-screen theater. Um, but those partnerships, those coalitions, um, grant dollars, we had an ADA grant that came in. Uh, we had to work through multiple design phases to get it to a point we could afford it. Um, and that's something the mayor, uh, many will say he, he sometimes is, is good at spending money, um, but it's always investments. They're wise investments in our community and, and more importantly, working behind the scenes to figure out how to make that work. I mean, funding is the key to any of these projects. Um, and then certainly being able to implement them. But that, that to me is a, a big one. The farmer's market, which we were recognized at, at the AIM Awards, to me is a, is a great, um, you know, again, coalition of different groups coming together uh, and, and meeting many different needs. And, and really just, you know, we've been fortunate to have some really cool place-making projects downtown. So I took the two easy ones. What do you got? Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say I'm going to build on the city center. I think it's I think it, and it's it's a little bit different in my eyes than it is in Brian's because I think for us to to become really competitive, we have to see what other communities have and what they're offering, and see how we maybe don't beat, but maybe in in certain ways we 
We can duplicate some pieces of it and make it even more unique. But our, our the kids in our community had gotten used to going to other communities, and, and they leave the community every weekend to go to go do entertainment. And and for us to have a theater here locally, um, it it won't put us in competition with you know whatever community's name you want to throw in that's in a donut county. Um, but what it does do is it, it offers our kids options, and the more they stay here, the more we get to build additional programs. Uh, same with same with education. Ivy Tech, we don't we don't look for our Ivy Tech satellite to be uh, competitive with IU or Purdue. But what we do is we wanted to offer options for those people who left high school or, or graduated but didn't feel confident going off to college. It gives them an opportunity to tip their toe in the water and, and maybe get comfortable. Or a person who has, has left, uh, entered the job force, and now decides they need to do additional training. Um, and so it, it's for us, it's an incubator system that hopefully we can prove. Um, we can prove the concept, and maybe in the future um, it, it adds and, and grows into something bigger. I think the um, what we call the TAF building, which is a building just across the street, which will become our incubator slash launch space. I think that becomes a really important thing. Uh, in the future, I think the, the Durban Hotel obviously gets some capacity um, downtown, which I think will be good for the merchants of the area. And then you have the Workforce Training Center, which if we can if we can set up the system like we hope and, and we, it gets bought into and utilized by industry, I think that puts us in a very competitive uh, light with the communities around us because it allows us to prove that we can provide workforce for those those industries who are so desperate in need of workforce, and, and if we can do that, then then we do really become a desirable community. And, I, and I, adding to that, the confidence that we have seen from the investments made by the city, the county, the economic development um, has generated a, a, a ton of um, investment from our industrial community, from our private uh, areas, and I was sharing that we just updated our list yesterday. We have identified 86 projects totaling over $90 million dollars that have happened in 17, happening in 18, or will happen in 19. And for a community our size, I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone being able to tout that type of a number right now. Well, great. Well, we really appreciate your time and coming to Rushville to learn about all the great things happening in your community, but also giving tips, advice to municipal members who might be looking at this, you know, for the first time. So any final words or anything that you would kind of say to a Maritown leader who is hoping to learn from the Rushville model and the Rushville example? Uh, I would say um, one thing to point out is when we won Stellar, uh, the whole premise behind our Stellar was talking about the problems that we face in rural Indiana. Rushville's problems are no different than all the other rural Indiana communities, and rural America for that matter. And we told them if they selected us, we would do everything we could to transform our community and to take that learning and transfer it to anybody that wanted to know. So there is an open invitation that if anybody would like to come uh, to Rushville and learn more about our projects, how we're doing them, the team we've built, anything like that, um, that is open at, at any point. And, and I would say doing that same thing as a community, not just traveling to Rushville, but travel to other areas that you see that are similar to yours, or in some cases not, maybe bigger, reach out to them. Uh, we recently took a trip to Kokomo. Uh, Mayor Goodnight and uh, Randy Morris took us around and the learning that you get from seeing another community and how they're doing things um, is is invaluable. So we would love to offer that and uh, uh, make sure that uh, 
Matt Crouch at Oker hears this, that uh, not only have we, we said it uh, out to, to their organization, but we truly mean it. And we learn every single time someone comes to learn from us. And I, I would agree with Byrne. I think that's, that's probably the thing that we get a lot of satisfaction is, is out of the ability to maybe help somebody else that, you know, that is going through the process. Some of the times, especially when you're an elected official, you, you're in a hurry to prove that your programs are working and that things are going in the direction you want to. And, and the reality of it is some of the time you just have to be patient. You have to lay out a plan and you have to work that plan. Um, the other thing is, I think that you've got to kind of take the ego, even though that's, like I say, when in a political position, uh, taking the ego out of a, a situation and and bringing people on board who can help you. I think that one of the, the advantages we have in the, in the situation we have and how we're structured is Brian offers us the ability to almost move at twice the speed we used to move at. And, and I think that's a, a, been a positive thing for us that our community made that investment. Um, and it's kind of a, a kind of a new theory, but it's been very, very successful for, for us because I can tell you that where we are today, I can't imagine being where we are today which is one set of hands out there trying to, to oversee it. Um, I've got a lot of good department heads uh, and, and a lot of people that are out there, boots on the ground working, but I can tell you we would be overwhelmed if it weren't for uh, the shared system that we have that, that helps us move forward at a quicker rate. Great. Well, we really appreciate your time, Mayor Pavey and Brian. Thank you for being on the podcast.